Where did you find it? It was in with some weird videos I didn't understand. Oh no. What? Nothing. Forget I said anything. We'll discuss it when you're older. But, shush. This episode was recorded October 19th, 2020, and concludes the Potemkin Village Nesting Doll Quartet, our annual look at the world of Star Citizen. Feedback is welcomed in the show notes thread on our Discord server. Go to gleepsgaming.fun and click on the link. What is a baby arm? Well, what are the kids playing this day? You know, hell. Right. They might right, as well just right. turn new, you know, new world into Fortnite. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's how that's how we got the monkeys back in the '60s. <laughs> what are the kids listening to these days? You know. Oh well, they got long hair and crazy wild colorful shirts we'll just give them guitars and let them go <laughs> that's not fair on the, mon- the monkeys were actually they were they were contrived but they um, they were contrived well so uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm, try- I'm trying I don't want to engender any monkey fan rage I don't I don't think anyone that age group listens to us I think we're safe no <sighs> you know I mean it's, it's like they are right for um, being sucked up by um, some small sect of hipsters. You know, I mean, it's, you know, just beware, beware. Um, All right, so um, I might have some some ideas about this one. Um, The letter from the chairman. (laughs) God, God, Jesus Christ. So bad. Um, I've got some real problems with this um the the sub the subtitle the best of times the worst of times um i don't <laughs> you guys may may or may not know i mean i'm sure this is supposed to be some sort of a reference to you know uh, the pandemic and blah 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 but you know it is the first line um from a tale of two cities by charles dickens and which is a is a gut-wrenching novel about the French Revolution um, and all of the bloody details of, you know, citizen, just horrible, inhumane, the, the, the depths of depravity of inhumanity towards other people. Um, not saying that, you know, that, that, that it was a good situation that suddenly went bad. I mean, obviously, um, the um, the peasantry were suffering horribly under the aristocracy in France. But it was not, it was not good. It was really, really not good. And I think um, associating, you know, e- evoking that image, you know, at the top of the letter is, I think, irresponsible. Um, he probably didn't even know. I mean, maybe he saw, you know, um, Les Miserables on Broadway or something. Um, maybe not. I don't know. But I just, for, I, I just like, dude, really? Why, why, why would you do that? But the good thing is it got worse. Yeah. Because, um, uh, I mean, Sorian, you had talked about this before, about the uh, we choose to go to the moon. You want to talk about your feelings on that? I just, I don't, 
I don't think anyone should compare what they're doing to the moon landing. I think that immediately sort of makes you a huge loser. Um, it's just nothing. There's nothing that's that cool. And if Elon Musk goes to Mars, and then he can modify that quote and use it, then that'll be fine. That's the only person right. who's allowed to do that. Um, right. But this is just it, it's upsetting that he would even that he has the gall and the ego to compare those two things, even in jest. Even in jest, it's just it's beyond what I can I can allow. Um, yeah. And the. <laughs> The thing that really gets me is that the speech that he's talking about was seven years before the actual moon landing. So it has taken us right. longer to go from Star <laughs> Citizen to now, and we're not, not anywhere close to done, than it took them to go from that speech at Rice University to the actual fucking moon landing. Yeah, to one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it is so ridiculous that all you can... It's offensive, I, I, I think. I mean... Yeah. This, I mean, 1962, you know, the Cold War was, was a thing. <laughs> you might have heard of it. Um, there was this little, this little soiree uh, off the coast of Florida called the Cuban Missile Crisis, okay? And, um, you know, they had nukes. You know, the Soviets brought in nukes, and uh, Fidel Castro was begging Khrushchev to launch a first strike attack on the U.S. Eastern Seaboard. Think, think of how all our lives would be a little different if that, that had, had happened. Um, you know, fortunately, fortunately, between Castro and Khrushchev, Khrushchev was the, the reasonable one. <laughs> um, so uh, this is going on, and, you know... Um, Against that backdrop, you know, Chris is equating his, you know, failure to deliver repeatedly promised but too obtuse to go away gracefully horror show to the U.S. space program. Um, It's a slap in the face of all the brave men and women who dedicated their lives to uh, the commitment this country made to not fall further behind the Soviet Union in, in the space race. Because at that time... Uh, the Soviets had made some pretty significant strides following World War II. You know, there was Operation—I think it's Operation Paperclip, if I'm not—if I'm remembering correctly—where basically at the end of the war, it was you know, um, you know, it was like a pinata. It was like the pinata broke, and the U.S. and the and the Soviets came running in from either side, trying to grab the best German scientists. You know. Yep. That um, was Paperclip. Was that Paperclip? Okay. Yeah. Um, and so. Um, uh, they they made some real you know serious advances, and so it was a very real concern at that time that the Soviets would have um, would be able to develop first strike capability um, from outer space. Um, there was also concern that they were going to be able to establish a base on the moon, on the moon. Um, you know, I mean, it's I mean, it, it might sound silly now, given you know uh, how how development in, in you know, um, uh, space programs has developed over the last, uh, when was that, 62, so 40, last 60 years. But um, at the time, it was, these were very real, real fears. And um, it's not entirely uncredible, you know, like it's, it's an engineering and a funding problem, not a scientific problem. We could do that now. Absolutely, absolutely. But my point is, is that they were very real fears at that time. 
And so against that backdrop, I mean, it, they didn't, the space race was not about because we needed to find a hard thing to do, you know, and Chris, you know, saying, you know, we're doing Star Citizen not because it's easy, but because it's hard. You know, it's no, we're doing this because we're really scared. I mean, because we're, well, uh, that's not fair either. We are very, there are some very real concerns that need to be addressed here. And um, uh, we don't know how this whole nuclear age thing is going to play out because, you know, it, it, had, it hadn't been that long uh, since the first bombs were dropped. Um, uh, well, thank God the only bombs that, you know, that have been in, in anger, I suppose. But anyway, so, you know, the, and, and the, the fruits of, of that, of all that hard work and all that sacrifice over those seven years, um, that put us in a position where I don't think if, if we had done that, that we would have been able to, uh, be in a place to be sharing the International Space Station with the Russians, you know, or at least not have that really, because we wouldn't have been equals coming together to share information. We would have been, we would have been behind the curve. And I don't, I don't, I don't see them saying, hey, why don't you, you know, just jump on board and, and uh, we'll, we'll learn you a few things that we've figured out, you know. So anyway, my point being is that this is, these are important things in history. And, Comparing your failed development of a video game against those as some sort of a justification why you can't get the job done is just highly, highly offensive. You know, it's that's what you know. I opened up the, I guess now it will be two shows ago with the whole um, 9/11 thing. Is you know the the just the obliviousness, the obtuseness that somebody would use, you know, the are you ready, okay, let's roll in a project plan basically to to eliminate our own jobs. It just it, it just baffled how somebody could be that just awful, you know? And so, you know, obviously I've got I've got some feelings about that that come from, you know, uh, things in my past, but you know, I don't I just I don't see any way to make what how Chris did that letter be anything but just completely out of touch, completely tone deaf and completely insensitive to um, the world he lives in, you know, but I don't that's just that that's just me. Um, I think sorry. Any, any, sorry. Uh, no, go, no, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, I think like the the original goal and vision of the game is something that hadn't been done in games yet. I'm not saying you compare that to the, the, the lunar landing or the space race at all. But the, the other thing that was tone deaf about that was when he was congratulating himself on how much they've accomplished. And there's nothing that they have accomplished up to this point that hasn't been done already in some other game or some other tech. And frankly, there's some people doing some of that stuff better right now. <laughs> um, so... I don't know what he's congratulating himself on. Anybody can have a design doc. I mean, I applaud the ambition to, to go forward with that. And I used to think of Chris as a sort of in the game world, kind of like an Elon Musk in the game world. I don't, obviously don't think that way anymore. But <laughs> yeah, aside from like tone deaf to like what you're actually saying in the comparisons you're making, even just, you know, the way you're describing your own air quotes just went up. Um, 
yeah. accomplishments. Richard, <laughs> Richard, yeah. my Richard fingers or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of ridiculous to the point that, and and Chris rips stuff off all the time. I mean, watch the one movie yeah. he directed, and like it's basically like every special effect that you saw in movies at that time. Like the you know they pause the scene and like the camera you know rotates around and like that kind of that kind of view like he's just ripping off all these different famous speeches and 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 things that were said that's just par for the course for him so i don't get as offended by it but i kind of like look at it like come on man like what are you really yeah i mean it's i mean and look at there are several ships in the game the one that comes to mind right now is the um the the single seater salvage finger theater salvage ship um you know it's it's a it's a direct ripoff of the um, the single seater miner uh, mining ship in Eve. You know, I forget what it's called. The and even the name was similar. You know, and it's just what are you doing? You know, I mean, it's it just it, it just I, the more I I learn and am exposed to his body of work, and you know, we've talked before about you know. Um, the actual history of the projects that he has been involved in and his roles in those projects and um, his roles at the beginning of those projects and his roles at the end of those projects. And he hasn't completed anything since a a very long time ago, and he's never completed a multiplayer game. Um, And so maybe it's, it's not so surprising we are where we are, but, you know... We're not we're not having that conversation, you know. I and and I I can back to kind of what you were saying, what both you guys were saying about about this letter is maybe he needs to do that. Maybe he needs to do this outlandish um, sort of thing to keep his um, his mystique, you know, his sort of his his mythos uh, alive, um, you know, because he's you know maybe he needs to to maintain. Um, uh, that um, that I was going to say that muskiness, <laughs> that Elon muskiness, um, so that you know, so that he can say things like, "I'm not, I have a vision, and it will not be compromised." You know, like he has to, he has to keep presenting credentials to have that sort of um, um, gravitas. You know, that you know, no, this is my project, and it will not be compromised. All right, boss has spoken. Let's 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 roll. You know, it's I don't know. I don't I don't get it. It's you know we're the smooth brains. Um, so he's the um, he's the the genius. So I guess um, you know it's it's like Iron Mike used to say, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. So um, I think I'm gonna <laughs> invite him over for the next birthday party. Um, all right, um, guys. Any other comments on the on the um, you see what I meant? There's there's nothing in these things to discuss except you know the the except bad things. I mean, it's just it's really it's really horrible. It's really 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 horrible. Just to double down on what Joe said, that a, a lot of what he says that he claims as a, a Star Citizen first or a Star Citizen exclusive is, is just they're just outright lies. Or maybe he's just so out of touch with the industry that he doesn't know any better. Which I mean, that's that's also indicative of something terrible. So. I'd take either one. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, that you, you mentioned that, because I heard someone else say somewhere, um, or write somewhere, when was the last time you actually that we actually saw Chris playing a game? 
Um, and this person's uh, point was, Chris is not a gamer. Chris doesn't play games. Um, and the last that I can remember is there was that sort of failed um, uh, Arena Commander thing that happened where the computer didn't work. And, but there have been a couple of other things where he has been um, filmed or photographed at a workstation. Um, and people have said, you know, it just doesn't feel like he knows what he's doing behind a computer. You know, so it's, you know, and obviously I'm reaching here, but it's, it's you know, people uh, keep going back to, oh, well, he's he's a genius programmer. You know, he's, that's, that's we need Chris, we need the, um, uh, the chairman back down here in the trenches coding uh, server meshing because uh, a smaller brain can't, just simply can't comprehend the, the problems. That is the greatest lie ever sold. That is. There's, I don't think he knows hardly anything about modern programming. Yes, he made a couple of games himself, you know, 30 years ago. That is just not mm -hmm. relevant to modern game development, not even remotely. And then there were single player. We're talking about cutting edge, brand new technology that you have to spend a ton of time, your personal time, your work time, keeping up with this stuff. I do it for a job. Joe does it for a job. You have to spend a mm -hmm. ton of time keeping up with this shit, and it's just very obvious that he doesn't. That's that's how it feels to me, you know. And it's, um, you know, it's, but you know, there's there's no agreement for that amongst the um, uh, the diehards, you know, or the 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 the, uh, the faithful fanboys. I mean, which you know, it, it, it and it's harder to have. You know, to to gain agreement for these opinions because the people normally I don't know what this says about us, but normally the people that have you know see these things and have similar conclusions to ours, they go somewhere else and it's like you know yeah I'm I'm out of here you know they're they're off playing something else and, and for the most part I think we are too, um, but we still do have a very close relationship with uh, those guys with ships. I mean, those are most of our friends are members of that organization, and when we we hang out and play primarily with them. Um, that's how we all came together, and so you know that's there is gravity to that. There is you know there is um, uh, the attraction of that that keeps us kind of involved in the conversation, and and you know, and then I have my own dysfunction where I just. I, I still feel bad about stuff that I probably should just let go, but um, that's unfortunately not the way that I'm wired. Um, all right, well, um, so that was uh, that was all the written stuff that I um, I pulled out, um, and then that we had the videos that happened that were released. Actually, I think there were three of them that were released all at the same time on day of on the birthday of, and uh, the first one was. Um, uh, Star Citizen Full Colon One Community. And uh, it was an emotional one-sided pitch for everything is just fine. And um, and I do not say that it was insincere. Um, I say that it was contextually remiss. Um, because I totally get the warm, fuzzy side of community. And I don't think anybody in that uh, video was being anything but honest about their feelings about uh, the the friends and the um, the friends they've made the communities they have joined um, since becoming involved with this project totally legit totally valid and um, you know I would say that 
definitely the best part of my experience with uh, the Star Citizen project. Um, That's a bit like watching so, a Scientology video. It was. It was so. Yeah, there was not any. What I object to is uh, is Cloud Imperium using the warm fuzzy people to gloss over the absolute cesspool that Spectrum and other public forums have become around this project. I mean, the division and the um, uh, uh, just the the bile um, uh, that exists between the extremes. Uh, there's, they, they don't acknowledge that. And, you know, kind of back to what we were discussing earlier, you know, the, I, I feel that the one side says, you know, you just need to get over it. You just need to move on. Um, really pisses me off when they say, you know what you, you know what you need? You need to take a break. You need to take a break. You need to go away for a little while. And, you know, until with the, the implied, uh, uh, wisdom under the surface being you need to calm the down and so you need to go somewhere else before um, so that you can uh, you can do that so that you can manage that for yourself and then you can come back and everything will be you know you can look at it with fresh eyes and you can um, you can uh, then maybe come back into the fold um, into the you know into the flock rejoin the flock and um, um, you know take your place uh, back amongst uh, the rest of the sheep um, uh, with a bright, shiny smile on your face. Can't be harsh in my vibe, man. This is free yeah. love, and there's no yeah. downside to that whatsoever. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and there was um, some... Uh, Sorin, you and I had exposure to um, a thing that happened recently um, prior to the, the reemergence of, um, of Christ Roberts uh, when... There was a couple of days where uh, it was trending in Spectrum. Where's Chris? You know, people kept posting and very careful to ask respectfully and to say, "Look, you know the the face of the project of the organization has been missing for almost a year. What's going on?" And um, those posts were just were being taken down as quickly as they were going up for the most part. And um, a friend of ours, you know, investigated that and uh, had a contact inside the organization who said basically, yeah, you're, you're intruding upon a, um, an employee's private life. I was like, no, this is, this is the person that is supposed to be leading this thing. This is their job. This is not their private life. Um, and, you know, so I think that that all got resolved between the two of them, but it wasn't. It just it it further illustrates just the enormous schism between the folks inside the castle and those of us on the outside who paid for all you know the fancy uh, meats and cheeses that they're uh, dining upon in there, um, and want to know when we're going to get you know. Our sandwiches. Where are our sandwiches? You know. So, um, yeah. I, I mean, but and I, but I, I want to be careful not to dismiss the good aspects of the of the Star Citizen community. And I think that the one community video did that, but 
it was plagued by, um, well, maybe it, it itself wasn't plagued. Maybe it's just it's not the type of video that you should show when you have uh, a situation in reality that is so markedly different from what it is that's being uh, shown, you know. So, I don't know. Um, so, zero points. No flags. No flags. Um uh, all right. Anything else on the on the community? Um, you, anyone in particular there you want to make fun of? Ken Shadow from Guard Frequency was there. He was he was in it. You want to make fun of him? Sure. It's like the it's like the one good thing that come out of all this, and it has nothing to do with <laughs> CIG. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, yeah. literally. I mean, the one thing that Chris got right. I think he knows the game that a lot of people want to play. Obviously, and we were sold on that dream, and he got that right. right. And execution, implementations, everything. And there's a great community of gamers out there that want to play in these virtual worlds. And I think that's very telling. Um, yeah. I think there's been, I've seen TED Talks where people talk about that. And that's sort of the future. And I kind of wait for it. I was hoping for Star Citizen to be that. I have no hope of that happening at this point. Um, that said, I backed. If, you know, if Roberts somehow gets this thing out the door and it's pretty cool, I guess I'll see everyone in the verse. But. <laughs> I'm not yeah. holding my breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, next, we got the Squadron 42 update and the briefing room introduction. The introduction, guys. You know, so take notes because they're going to introduce the briefing room to us, which is going to answer. Uh, Chris had said earlier, "Hey, later today, briefing room, be there. You won't want to miss it." Um. And this, it wasn't live, but uh, I don't, I don't um, uh, believe that, um, it, I believe it was recorded recently. You know, I mean, there were, you know, earlier this year, there were, I think the final pillar talk, people were saying, hey, look, there's Chris, Chris is back. And it's like, nah, no, that was recorded at CitizenCon. That wasn't recorded recently. So, um, and there had been some, some, um, uh, factual some facts about what was actually what actually made it into the most recent release that were different from what it is they were talking about which was sort of funny um you sort of, sort of gave it away because they assumed at citizen con that um that patch was going to have some things in that and, and they didn't make it and i th i think it was actually it might have even been the push pull stuff you know like the, the being able to drag your buddy out of uh, battle which we saw in death of a of a spaceman, what in 2015 was that? What that was? Jesus, five years ago. Um, so anyway, uh, it was Chris. It was uh, Brian Chambers. The return of Brian Chambers. So he, he is alive. Uh, and Nick Elms, uh, who I guess he's a creative director. I don't know. Um, I don't know uh, much about him. But it was a Zoom call. Um, I uh, or some equivalent thereof. And, uh, you know, Chris said that, um, you know, they're reiterated that they're too busy making the game to update the community any more than they actually are and that they're meeting all their obligations and everything. <laughs> um, I don't know how, how closely uh, you guys watched the video, but I, I thought I saw some very strange edits in there. I mean, it, it jumped back and forth a couple times. I, I, not, I'm not, I can't even, you know, suss out what I suspect might have been the intent of that, but it just... There was some stuff where, you know, my my brain said, wow, are, is there an alien transmission incoming? Um, and uh, so anyway, the pretense was that the community is being updated well. 
uh, that uh, Brian Chambers let us know that the roadmap's not done, um, but that uh, they are working on it. The Squadron 42 will not make beta this year. Um, uh, surprise, surprise. Um, you know, but no apology for that. No, you know, we're sorry you, you got your hopes up. We're sorry. I mean, there's just, they take no responsibility for this stuff, which is just astounding to me. The tone of it was very sad, though, throughout the whole thing where they're just, they're not saying sorry, but like, if you look at Brian Chambers' face when he says that the beta is not coming this year, it is depressing. And it, it that's oh. like the theme of the whole video. Oh God! You know, it's um, by the time this show come, this recording comes out, it will have been out for a while. But definitely listen to uh, Guard Frequency tomorrow because Tony uh, talks about this quite a bit about um, about some of the some of the the things that Brian said that I didn't catch when I watched it the first time um, uh, about really in a way, sort of in an offhanded way, kind of putting it out there that hey, we had it all done. You know, the, the epic month of May was going to end extremely epically. We had it all done. And then Chris said no. Chris said, take another couple of weeks, add, add some more, add, add some polish, um, add, add this, add that. Then two weeks later, they had it done. It was ready to go. It was going to be two weeks, two, it was going to be the epic month of May in the middle of June, you know, kind of like, you know, um, uh, you know, Christmas uh, for the Fourth of July, <laughs> or what, what do they call that? You know, the I don't know. But so, and Chris said no again, and they pushed it five months, and we got the briefing room, which we will discuss in a moment here, which just garbage, absolute garbage. Um, and you're referring to the the update video that they were going to make that was going to be simple, and then, like you said, progress through various stages of being more right. and more overly produced. Yes, yes. And, um, but, you know, back to your point, what about, you know, the sadness of Brian Chambers, um, that, uh, there's a, there's a subtitle for this show, um, (laughs) that, you know, you could see that, 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 and it's gotta be frustrating for you to like do stuff and then have, you know, have Goober, keep handing it back to going, no, I want you to add um, more sandworms, more sandworms at the end. You know, I mean, it, it's it's got to be hell to work there. Just absolute hell. Um, and so, all right. Uh, but let's see, okay, I'm catching up on my notes here. So, yeah, definitely check out the Guard Frequency tomorrow. It, it's uh, He discusses some very, very interesting things. And he, he, he goes off on, on a speculation tangent, too, um, which, um, you know, is... is you know, is his own, you know, Tony's black box. Um, and, uh, um, you know, I, I can't say if it's, if it's, if it's, if it's the truth or, or, I mean, if it's factual or, or not, but, you know, I, I can't argue with that. It doesn't make some sense. Um, so anyway, um, and I mentioned that he had talked about it. It's, it's no longer a roadmap. It's a signpost. So that's, it's just useless. It's going to be useless when the roadmap, when the roadmap TM comes out. Um, so, because you know, basically, what it's you guys are, are both you guys familiar with the concept of a panopticon, like the all-observing sort of government yes, situation. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, well, it's actually um, it's it's an interesting thing to to, to hit the Wikipedia about. It was um, oh shoot, economist. What was his name? Um, doggone it. 
his body is um, is mummified and sits in the lobby of uh, <laughs> of the library at the University of London, and um, uh, that was in his will. Gosh, I'm, I, I let me. I gotta bring it. I gotta bring it up. I gotta bring because it it's so hilarious. I when I. When I was in grad, yeah, Jeremy Bentham. When I was in grad school, I went, I did a tour of dead economists uh, in the UK. Um, so I went and I saw Adam Smith, and you know, um, well, I didn't actually see him; he was dead. But I went and saw where he was buried, and you know, um, Ricardo and, and all those guys. And uh, Bentham, uh, who is sort of credited as being the father of microeconomics, um, uh, he uh, he put it in his well. I guess he was just a, a bizarre fellow, and um, he put. Um, he put it in his will that he wanted to uh, have his body uh, stuffed, uh, taxidermied, and placed, um, um, you know, so that the students could come visit it or something, and which they did. And they used to take, uh, it became a tradition after, in the years that followed, uh, at midnight, New Year every year, to go steal his head and play soccer with it out in the, in the quad. <laughs> And so that happened a couple of times, and then his head rotted. <laughs> so they replaced it with a plastic replica, and um, it's just the bizarrest thing that you'll, you'd ever want to see on vacation. But That's the original version of football with the heads. Exactly. Ex- yeah, footy, footy, or as the Aussies call it, uh, which I guess is actually rugby. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It gets, it gets very confusing. Um, so anyway, um, the, um, the introduction, the Panopticon, anyway, that was, he is credited with having, I think he's credited with the one of, yeah, he is, uh, social theorist Jeremy Bentham, uh, 18th century. And so, but it is, so it was a, an idea for a design of a prison which would allow the warders, and this is, like I say, 18th century, so this is the um, 1700s, the warders to observe all of the inmates um, without the inmates being able to know that they were being observed. And people talk about, um, you know, the Internet um, and um, social media and and what have you, depending upon which rabbit hole you want to go swimming in. being the modern panopticon but my point here is that what they're talking about developing at cig is a panopticon for them to use to be watching what their people are doing pretty much in the moment they'll have a filtered view of that which they will either push out to us or they won't um in part or in whole um and uh it's it's, it is that signpost. It's not a roadmap. It is a snapshot in time. You know, who's, who's, which team is working on what, um, at this time and and nothing more detailed than that. I'm sure we won't see anything more detailed than that. There, it could be that their tool that they are developing, uh, will give them a more granular, granular look, um, so, you know, they can tell if Bob is, um, is making any kind of uh, progress on, on what he's been assigned or is he still, you know, over there hanging out with Sherry Heiberg, you know, uh, trying to pretend like he, oh, yeah, I, I can do lore. I, I think lore is really cool. Um, you know, and I think you should let me buy you dinner so I can tell you about that. Except nobody's there anymore. So that, that couldn't happen. Okay. never mind. Um, he went on to talk about, they have 58 sprint teams. Ooh, okay, 58 sprint team. They have they have six more than 
one more, one for every week of the year. So I don't know what that means, but I'm sure in some philosophy it means something. Um, and, um, you know, they've created this incredible, um, incredible complicated monster, um, and they, they can't control it. So anyway, big, big point being is they're not building this for us. They're building this for them. I I have a, I have some arguments against that. So, okay, good, 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 good. The the Panopticon thing is, I, I feel a bit of an exaggeration. That's, that's what all software development companies do. Uh, I enter in tickets every day to show people what I'm working on and, and what phase it's in. That's very normal. And I think they even use the same tool that I do. I believe they use Jira. And the, mm-hmm. what they're promising here is to take reports, essentially, out of Jira. And they're still going to use Jira, from what I understand, which is a normal tool. And mm-hmm. then export that out into a format that... I guess they'll use to view too, maybe it's useful to them, and then a, a format that we can also see. So they, they are already doing all that tracking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and, and I'm, I, because I, I am who I am, I like to cast uh, the sinister upon, uh, upon stories where it probably doesn't, doesn't uh, belong. I mean, I get them doing the tool is going to provide them with useful information. I guess what I'm trying to get at is they're not doing this for us. They're doing it for them. Um, and we will get, we will get something off the top of it, but it's not going to be, it's not going to tell Joe when the game is going to be released. But, but would you trust them? Would you trust them to give you that oh, no. info? No, no. So I think this is actually in a way more useful then. Okay. You know? Okay. All right. Um, um, uh, Maybe for somebody who has um, has more understanding of the context within which a tool like this is used, it will be um, more useful. And, and I and I and I shouldn't say if it will be useful or not for me until um, I actually get a chance to see it. But um, do you remember? Do you remember that Gantt chart looking monstrosity that they used to put out way back when? Um, that showed like uh, the ship pipeline and all of the process and there was all the colored bars and uh, they used to I understood that I mean that that made sense to me I think that that went away because I it might have been just a nightmare to maintain um, I don't see how though I mean you know it seems like fairly repetitive stuff that a computer should be able to be trained to do yeah I mean I I I, I, I took I took a you know a weekend class in Microsoft Project and then um, you know immediately uninstalled it from my workstation when I got back to the office. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You're gonna have to get the guys down in software to re- reinstall it. I just I don't know what happened to it <laughs> because I just I couldn't have been more bored. <laughs> um, but um, uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll keep an open mind about it. But I think um, I think it's um, I don't think I don't think anybody's gonna be happy with it. I think that that. A lot of times, people who have concerns in the community, um, all they all they really need to be um, uh, quelled for the moment is for is for them to say something. We're going to do a thing, and it's going to take care of that. You know, it's like we're going to have the briefing room in three hours, so tune in for that because you're not going to want to miss it. Well, I did, and there was nothing there. So, um, all right, so. Um, Speaking thereof, the briefing room, episode one, episode one of the briefing room. It was hosted by a beautiful Brian Chambers, the sad. He's the he's he's the sad clown. What is he? He's the smiling. No, he's the crying on the inside clown. I don't know. He's 
He's he's he's bright. I don't know if you follow his Twitter, but he sometimes dresses up in some outlandish outfits that um, they 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 frighten they frighten me. <laughs> uh, I'm but a simple but a simple caveman. Um, so I don't know. I, I kind of like the idea of a road to release better. I thought that that was actually more useful. Um, but that's probably you know more applicable to the uh, Star Citizen thing. But anyway, Nick Elms, the creative director on Squadron Forty Two, and Ross Wilding. There's a kind of he. You know, he should be like a guitar player in a in a metal band, don't you think? Ross Wilding, Zach Wild. I take it. Okay. Lee. Okay, thank you. Lead level designer on Squadron Forty Two, and absolutely early stages work in process pre tech demo swill. Uh, here's the hallway blocked in. Here's the hallway post art pass. Block in, art pass. Hold on to your hats, guys. We're going into God mode. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Um, I got nothing out of that. I got nothing at all out of that. That that said nothing about the status of the project unless it was meant to say, this is nowhere near any kind of completion. This is this is so this is backwards relative to the uh, the coil video from two years ago in in my mind you know what do you guys think i agree i i did they not have any shit to show us that was actually like done or close to done i mean they just they showed a bunch of stuff that was half finished and they talked about a lot of really basic game design principles like you should put cover in an area that does fps stuff like no shit sherlock You should put tables around the or t- uh, chairs around the dinner table so people can sit down when they're eating. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, yeah. I just I, I don't. You know what I had hoped to see was some gameplay, and I, you know, and this was the my common complaint back in the in the days leading up to 3.0. Um, you know, I said we're not seeing any gameplay in any of these weekly shows. I want to see people playing the game. I want, you know, I it can be janky, it can be, you know, it can be broken, but I want to see somebody go through the thing where they go and they get the mission, they get in their ship, they fly to the place, they find the thing, they put it in their ship, they come back, something like that, you know. And if you can't do all those things, then go out to that point and say, okay, and then this thing still needs this, this, and this before it's operational. At that point, then you would push this button, and the gumball would come out. You would pick it up. You would put it in your pocket. You'd climb back in your ship, and you'd fly back and give it to Admiral Bishop. Just go through the steps and show me what it's going to be like. So, Leap. And like you, like you just said, run, 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 I'm sorry, Joe, run a mock mission, you know, and, and maybe, maybe toss in a couple of known faces with all that performance capture they did. They've got to have a couple scenes that they can show us or, you know, even make up a scene or two um, uh, so that, you know, you can kind of get a sense of the feel of what life on the, um, what's it called? What, what is the, it the Nevermore, the ship? That they're, no, the Stanton. I oh, think yeah. it was, isn't it? The Stanton, the Stanton, uh, which is a, an Idris war class Idris. Um, that uh, something, but it was you know this is pre art pass, this is post art pass, this is with you know different lighting. It's like eight years, guys. We're eight years in this. I shouldn't be seeing this. Um, so I don't know. And Joe, Joe, you were gonna say. I was going to say that exactly. Man. It's only been eight years. 
you expect to see gameplay after eight years? They're still developing stuff. They've literally regressed on the missions and stuff. I mean, we've had missions in the past where you would go out to like Rex and get on planet, see Rex and, and get. I mean, remember we used to have to like go to the beacons. That that was a bit of a mission, like. Yeah. But yeah, yeah they're not even. That is so telling. That is so telling. And the, the thing I don't understand is like, I get that, that people defend their own enjoyment of where the state of the game is. I cannot argue with your enjoyment of the game. I can't argue right. with you that objectively, not a lot's come out. Right. Objectively, we've regressed in certain areas. And supports that whole yeah. that whole discussion that Chris keeps sending back stuff. And he's trying to be right. perfectionist. And if you... I mean, his whole entire career has been that way. His peers have yeah. said that about him. Like... Wake well, up. The, the whole, you know, change that blue pixel to green. or Green to blue. Around, you know. Green to blue. Green to blue. I yeah, mean, clearly yeah. you don't share uh, Chris's eyes, uh, eye for uh, game design because you would never use uh, green. Uh, but anyways. I, I'd like to share his eye with my f***. <laughs> How's that? You know what's interesting? I just thought of this now, but look at the inside of the original cockpit. Metaphorically. Uh, metaphorically <laughs> Right, right. You're gonna, the FBI is coming for you. Remember uh, the si uh, inside of the Super Hornet? Again. It used to be green. Yeah. Now it's like I think I think it is blue. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. That would I gotta be I gotta look that up, but I I I could swear that like because it used to have like that green kind of look. Um, yeah. all the instruments were in green. That's like an Aegis color now for their systems, but I think it went to a blue. Someone check yeah. me on that because I am definitely not downloading and installing Star Citizen at this point. <laughs> yeah, can we get a little? Can we get a little help from the community? Um, yeah, it's. That I, I that was infuriating, um, just by how how you show that and not acknowledge that it's a huge step back, um, you know, because this is supposed to be where you're showing off progress, where you're showing off, you know, and you know, and soaring kind of back to what my expectation for the new and improved roadmap is. It's going to be stuff like that. It's going to be, you know, and I think that that that. If you think about it in the context of what Chris must be thinking, is like Chris has no idea what we want to see. He has he has his his focus is so myopic and whatever it is, whatever it is that it's focused on, he has he has I bet you he buys really shitty birthday gifts. I bet you, you know, he can't he can't like connect to another human being and say, What is what is something here? that um, this person might bring, you know, satisfaction to, to this person or these people. I don't think he can do it. Um, gift and cards. Yeah, which is, yeah, yeah, here's Starbucks gift card. Um, and what does that say about what the story is likely to be like in Squadron 42? You know about the relationship because he, he keeps you know you know saying I'm gonna have a story. you're gonna care about the people and you're gonna you're gonna care about what happens and then yes we know Chris and then there's going to be uh, there's going to be an accident a tragedy and then there's going to be a um, a traitor and you know it's like dude we can we can read you we read you like a like a really silly book. A really silly book. Um, all right, so let's um, uh, then. After that, we got. Um, um, did did, guys, did it seem to you 
guys that Brian, some of the stuff that Brian was seeing was stuff that Brian had not seen before, or if he had, it hadn't been for a very long time. I could see that. I, I think it's probably because so much of it was so new. You know, I, you know, it, he seemed a little bit surprised. I go, aren't, aren't you in charge of the, the project? <laughs> aren't you in charge, in charge of squadron 42? Why, why would any of this not be, why would you not be bored with looking at this already? You know, I don't, I don't know. It just, it, it seemed very strange. Um, so then, uh, 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 whoa, who was, who was it? Um, Mr. Um, Mr. Uh, wanted to be in a metal band, but I, I couldn't quite cut it. Uh, he left and, uh, Phil Miller, who is, uh, another lead design squadron 42 guy, uh, with the social team. I, I, there was some of the, there was some mumbling that I couldn't quite decipher, but anyway, so, some stuff about a social team scene implementation, um, and, um, uh, uh, but anyway, what they were there to discuss is the interrupt tech, I guess it is. Um, and I, that reinforced for me what I was just describing about Chris's inability to tell a narrative. You know, I, I think that, that, that mechanic is, is one of those, wouldn't it be neat if you can walk up to a group of a group of NPCs and interact with them, walk away and then walk back up again, and they would pick up where uh, you left off. Wouldn't that be neat? Yeah, okay, it's neat, but that's not how they make movies. You know, what I mean, and I think that there's there's a well, there are lots of reasons. I mean, technology being uh, limitations being one of them, of course. But you know, if you're trying to create and um, uh, present a narrative with the intention of grabbing people's emotions um, and getting them emotionally invested in the story, you don't put a meme generator in the middle of that. And that's what this is going to be. And even Brian said, he said, uh, this is going to be, you know, this is going to flood YouTube with a bunch of, of, of memes. And it's like that that guy, um, uh, sorry, and you shared one of his vid- videos, Legendary Leo, uh, his space emporium and his existential, Legendary Leo's existential, existential crisis, a madness simulator. It's hilarious stuff, but it's inconsistent with the presentation of a cohesive, compelling narrative, in my opinion. Um I don't know. What do you guys think about that? My thing is that I, I think the mechanic in and of itself is fine. It's just endemic of the same thing that showing off the half-baked level was, which is just, uh, you know, this is little stuff. I want to hear big updates about the project and how things are going. And, and hearing about the small fry crap is just really frustrating. But I, I think the mechanic itself is fine. Um uh, mm-hmm. it, ex- it expands the possibility space of how you can interact with NPCs, and I feel like in many games, that is is super limited. Like you you finish the conversation right then and there. There's no, you can either explore all the dialogue options many times as you want, or you don't get them back ever again. You can't like retread or territory. I I, I imagine Cyberpunk uh-huh. is going to have a lot of stuff like that, where the the, the NPCs feel more like people. Like you can you could pause a conversation okay. and go do something else in real life, and I feel like that we have stagnated severely in the industry when it comes to NPC interactions. 
Okay. 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 Well, I mean, uh, you know, kudos on them uh, uh, doing that, but uh, is it, is it, you know, it was is before you even have the first chapter of this three chapter um, epic, um, you know, apparently even most of the way completed. Is that the time to be introducing this, or do you want to get get one out and under your belt and then start playing with uh, stuff like this? Because you know, it, it feels a lot to me the same way that FOIP um, felt when they unleashed that. You know, it's like people going, I didn't sign on for this. Why? You know, and, you know, apart from Legendary Leo, who's making, you know, silly videos essentially mocking the gameplay environment, who's using it? You know, I mean, and to what effect? I mean, is it is it useful? Is it improving gameplay experience? Is it create? Is it enhancing immersion, or is it just a toy to play with? Is it is it a, you know, a, a game? You know, a board game to bring to a party? You know, I I don't know. I, I don't know. I haven't I haven't had the game installed since two point six three. Um, so oh, wow. And I'm and I'm not going to. So um, I think it does add immersion, like. But, okay, but okay. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, I, I think those things are good. But this goes back to Chris does not play this game. Um, right. And the reason being is because he's focusing on these. And I could see him potentially having, from what we've heard and everything else you see, it's plausible that he has people working on these things that aren't core game mechanics that are just neat and interesting. And I'm kind of, uh-huh. I'm at the point now, because I thought, FOIP, and I still do, I think it's cool. Story and I had a long discussion about um, okay. the interrupt system. And it's not a bad system, especially for like a single-player game. I think it would be probably pretty good, but not at the expense of your core game mechanics. And we have not seen fleshed out core game mechanics at all. Right. I walk inside right. my ship. It is still this static thing. My co-pilot doesn't do much. That's fun. There's I got all these terminals and things, and I really can't do anything with them. Um, right. Being in a right. turret has gone a long way, but why did it take six years to do that? Um, right. Again, I'm not a game dev, but that does—that's not six years worth of development right there. <laughs> that's right. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. Right. Um, and you know, in, in a way, it doesn't—it doesn't matter what they've done over the last six years. If this is what they're giving you after six years, then it's not worth it. You know, because you know, and I think that you know, we have talked before about that. One of the criticisms that comes uh, from the uh, the Oracle of Awful is, uh, or through the Oracle of Awful, um, is that uh, they have wasted so many man hours working on stuff that just ends up being thrown down the memory hole. And, you know, it's, you know, I, I scribble notes on all over lots of things, but that doesn't mean that, you know, that that's a good idea, you know, that was an I don't know if that was a useful analogy or not, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I, you know, so Sorian, you think that there's going to be something like this interrupt system in the new Cyberpunk? I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think they have to have a lot of those kinds of mechanics to have a such a large game with so many potential human interactions, and they seem like they're really basing a lot of the game around that. I imagine there's going to be a lot of dynamic dialogue systems. That's what I. That's what okay. I view it as. Like. I don't know if you ever played Left 4 Dead, but they had like the bark system, but they would have people say like mm-hmm. brief stuff that applied to the situation. And they they had to do some tweaking to get all the stuff to um, you know have to talk too often to say things at the right time. But I think this is kind of an extension of that, where it just it adds flavor to the game, it makes the world feel more real. 
but it's probably not the first thing that should be done either. Okay, well that's good because uh, the next time we're going to record, you will you will have com- probably completed the game only twice <laughs> because it will have been out for three days. And I think you said you were planning on taking some vacation uh, around the release. I got some so. time saved up. Yeah, I'll be very interested to hear uh, your review of it. I'm going to pick it up too, um, but of course, me being me, I will have played probably the tutorial <laughs> by that point because I don't I don't do fast. Well, the the starting section's like four hours long. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Yeah. All right. Well, maybe maybe by Christmas. <laughs> but I am looking. I am looking forward to seeing it on my um, um, on my uh, twenty twenty my RTX card. Um, not not the new one. Not the thirty. Not the thirty series. Jesus, I, those got pushed out further again. And so you know, right after I sold my ten eighty, um, they pushed out the uh, the deliverer. I guess it's, there's a chance that there, there won't be any 3080s until next year. Um, yeah. So I'm <laughs> feeling a little silly about that, but that's okay. I have a 1060 that I can plug in place of what the what the where the 1080 was, and it, it won't be as good. And certainly, it won't be uh, it won't have the the ray trace ray tracing or the ray tracing uh, deliciousness that the um, um, the 3080 will have, but. Um, um, still very much looking forward to um, to seeing that game um, just because you know I, I just want I just want to touch Keanu I just want to touch him I want to touch him in the game I want every time I touch him to say something different he say hello Gleep you are back my friend please sit down help me with my um, tapas I was drawing a blank on the uh, the Spanish uh, <laughs> snack food thing that we Tapas, yeah, because I don't know why Keanu is all of a sudden Spanish, but he is. That is <laughs> I was gonna say, why does he sound like, uh, yeah? <laughs> oh well, well let's, let's yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, Antonio Banderas, yeah, Keanu Banderas, yeah. Hello, I, I know, I can tell by your eyes, you wish to couple with me. <laughs> How would you like to go for a ride on my custom motorcycle? Yes, my I can do amazing things with my prosthetic arm. <laughs> All right, so okay, uh, the final. I need to wrap it up. Uh, there was a, a video at the end, um, Nathan, and I thought he said it was Nathan Deersley had put it together, who's a ship designer, which I, I is, you know was sort of interesting. Um, but it was a, you know this long sweeping extra shiny thing, and, and I don't get why they still believe that you know putting out shiny basically more marketing stuff like that is supposed to help um you know it's like your unfortunately attractive 20 year old niece who's been pregnant three times in the last four years showing up high to the annual family picnic wearing a smaller than usual tube top to accentuate her new store bought lady lumps and cork and rope platform shag me pumps so tall she completely dominates the annual family intergenerational volleyball tournament everyone notices most folks try to smile and be cordial but no one not a single person is impressed mic drop bam take that Sharon that's it for this year jeez <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this year's Sitting on Con recap and review. Unless we get a major update to something, I think that's it until 2021. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. I didn't. Not so much. <laughs> it just it's, it makes me sad. Um, guys, got have anything else uh, before uh, we throw some dirt on the top? 
I mean, I got the shovel ready. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Uh, but there is exciting news coming. Uh, the new Borat movie is... Uh, is speak, speaking of polarizing, um, are you guys, um, are you guys uh, fans of the Borat? I'm definitely a fan of that actor slash writer slash comedian. Oh. I think yeah, yeah. I think he's uh, amazing. Sasha Baron Cohen. Watch him on a round table. Yeah. 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 Watch him on a round table. He's a great human being. Okay. Okay, cool. I you know, I saw Borat in the theater uh, when it came out and I I I'm I'm a fan of uncomfortable humor and you know, of course, knowing that everyone that was in that movie had to sign a release, you know, I was like I feel okay like laughing at at, at everything that was in there. Um it, it didn't really stand I mean, it was it's Jokes like that don't always stand up too well to a second viewing or to a second telling, but um, um, I'm assuming that this stuff is going to be, you know, maybe the same thing redone, but maybe a little fresher. I don't know. I'll, um, it's on Prime, so um, I'll give it a, I'll give it a, a spin. See what, uh, see what happens. Very nice. Um, I just like using the voice. Um, um, all right. Um, in our continuing search for the game, we will always love and sometimes despair about with all our hearts. There will be misconnections. There will be errant transfers and deadhead returns to the yard. There is no reason why. There is just the next bus. The bus we have faith will someday come. And when at last it does, we will board that bus with light hearts because we know the truth as it was bequeathed unto us in those most prophetic words of his majesty tone deaf yeah because when you get on that bus you get there so deep so deep i am still pants on head gleep he is still sorry another he is still lord venice we wish he was with us tonight we're sorry that he can't be but he's just going through hell hell time at work so um uh try to get take care of yourself Venice. don't there's no point in working yourself to death you know <laughs> it just isn't. Um, nothing funny to say about that. Um, he's still evil. He's still Joe. Um, he's still evil Joe. And this has been Beyond the Village of the Potemkin Nesting Doll Pants. Yes, that's right. Uh, brought to you by the fine folks over at the Pantscast family. It shows a wholly owned subsidiary of Gleep's Gaming Network TM, where all our shows come with a complimentary visit to Madam Tinder's authentic Romani discount curse outlet and singles lounge. <laughs> Respect, yo. Man, you did that one smooth. Thank you. And please do be sure to go to leapsgaming.fun for stuff and links, particularly the one that takes you to the talking mouth place. What does that mean? That means come hang with us over on our Discord server where you can let us see your Borat pans. Wah, wah, wee, wah. Uh... Are we playing Scum again? Well, very good. I, you know, and I can't remember. There was I, Potemkin. The whole Potemkin theme. There was a reason for it. There was an analogy. Um, gosh darn it! I missed it in here. I rolled right through it. But anyway, just the, you know, the you guys know what Potemkin Village is. Um, the idea of it being that it's the same, the same thing every time, and there's really nothing behind it. So that would be. That would be my take on the progress in this project, is that it's, um, it's basically a Potemkin village, um, but every time they reassemble it, it looks a little less impressive. So, 
There you go. Wah wah wee wah. It lost some pieces in the river, I think. Yeah, I think so. That's it? What's it? When are we gonna go to the village? What village? Potemkin. Oh. Well? Give me a second. Um, Dennis? Sure. In politics and economics, a Potemkin village is any construction, literal or figurative, whose sole purpose is to provide an external facade to a country, or institution, which is faring poorly, making people believe that the country, or institution, is faring better. The term comes from stories of a fake portable village built solely to impress Empress Catherine II by her former lover Gregory Potemkin, during her journey to Crimea in 1787. While modern historians claim accounts of this portable village are exaggerated, the original story was that Potemkin erected phony portable settlements along the banks of the Dnieper River, in order to impress the Russian Empress. The structures would be disassembled after she passed, and then reassembled farther along her route to be viewed again as if another example. Um, I uh... The JPEGs are, a lie. Oh. Now I get it. But you didn't have to change it all Make them like they never happened And the fans are nothing I don't even need your love You treat me like a panther And I feel so rough No, you didn't have to make them blow Have your friends direct your movies And they'll turn out better You think that you don't need them, no What happened to the songs that I used to know I am having problem with my anus. <laughs> it's just gum, isn't it? It is so stupid.